1233. When my grandparents were young, there were as many hedgehogs as there are pigeons. They were as common as pigeons are now、um, in the countryside. I've seen like three hedgehogs in my life. The fact that people who live in Greece, who are in their 70s and 80s, who report swimming in the sea when they are children, and seeing a kind of fish life that is now just unimaginable, like the the whittling has been so fast. And of course, in cities, it's harder to notice it because cities have never teemed with life in quite the same way. But it's something that is difficult to maintain in one's imagination without crumbling. But one that I think we there is a, a moral duty to hold in our imagination as we make our life choices. That there is this sort of belief that we get fed over and over again that if you do the right things, if you exercise the right way, if you get the right moisturizer, you're、mm-hmm. you can access beauty, and that's how we get sold a lot of things. It's how. Um, we often are taught how lacking, you know, the space of lack that we are. But nobody says that to disabled people. It's like、yeah. we're just outside of. Nobody says to disabled people, you know, you'll have your sandy moment if you just get your hair, you know, the right color, or you just、yeah. get the number on the scale to the right size. We're just outside of that conversation. There are very few and very far between any sort of like. Inherent cultural signals of worth for the disabled life at all. I've never seen a body like mine in a shampoo commercial. I've、right. never seen a body like mine on the cover of Vogue. I think Instagram is actually changing this a tiny bit, but still, this conversation of where the disabled body is in relation to physical beauty and desirability—it's we're so far away from that. Nobody co-ops disability culture for their like edgy shit. Like it just isn't. <laughs> Yeah. I wish they would sometimes, you know, and that seems like、yeah. a strange thing to say, but it's like there's no s- cultural space in which there's no like dance clubs in New York City that I know of where it's like I walk in and suddenly I'm I'm with my people and I'm allowed to feel、yeah. beautiful. You know, my husband I think obviously f- will say he thinks I'm beautiful, but there's no second person that corroborates that for him.、Mm-hmm. And that's something you talk about in your book, I think, so beautifully is like. It's not just about one person finding another person desirable. It's about the sort of social corroboration of that preference, or a preference becoming a social reality,、mm-hmm. and that's just not something that's super available to the disabled body. And the history、mm-hmm. of the disabled body is really in the inverse of that. What's its relationship to unsightliness? How should we other it?、Um, how is it a signal of? Abnormality, freakishness. So that's really the the sort of social history of the disabled body. So that narrative is told to me all my life, and I become a collaborator in that narrative. You know, on one hand, you could say like that sounds bad. Sorry, Chloe. You know, but but <laughs> I think one thing that's really amazing about it is I felt very freed by it. I didn't really think of. Myself growing up is capable of being desired in this way, and that was sort of freeing because then the very clear marker of value for me was always going to be my mind. Yeah. So then yeah. I didn't really spend any money on moisturizer. I just spent all my <laughs>、yeah. money on books. I was like, oh, that's my only access to value or power or worth is how smart I can be, and it won't matter what I look like because I'll never. I'll never be in that conversation.、Right. There's some power that comes from that. 
can hear those loud pages. That's the sign of a good book is when you can hear the pages turning. <laughs> 4, 12, 33.